Hi everyone, it's Carter. A quick disclaimer before the episode. Riley and I are teachers in the real world. That's not made up for the show. But one thing we do make up are students. Riley and I take our roles as public community members seriously and would never use the real names or personal experiences of students in our classes, past or present. As such, any student names you hear us say are made up on the spot, and stories about our classes are highly editorialized for entertainment. Also, we like to keep our show clean of inappropriate language or content, but we feel that the stories themselves should be read without censorship of language. A content warning will be in the show's description in case we need one. That's it. Enjoy the fable, fellas. Hello and welcome to the Fable Fellas. My name is Carter. And my name is Riley. And October is here. The best Subjectively, month of the year. Subjectively, the greatest month of all time, Spooky every time. Spooky season. The season of spooks. I just, um, oh, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, last night, uh, we watched The Conjuring 1, oh, Jesse and I. Fantastic and movie. Just to, you got to usher it in. We've been, we've been treating September as pre-October. Mm-hmm. And we've been watching lots and lots of horror movies. Some sillier horror movies, some more genuine horror movies. But last night we were like, we're in the mood for something right over the bat. Right, right over the bat? No. Right, right over, over the plate. plate. So we, so, and nothing, nobody, I don't think there's a contemporary director that does more better over the plate horror than James Wan. James Wan is fantastic. Yeah. He's created The Conjuring. He knows what he's doing. And he also created Malignant, and those two movies, mm-hmm. while I love both those movies, could not be tonally further apart. That's true. I suppose Malignant is out is out, out of left field a bit more. Mm-hmm. Remember, we watched that at my bachelor party. I think it was about... <laughs> it was midnight when the big reveal happened, and everyone was, what? She's what? Yeah, that that was crazy. That's a good movie. I was really glad y'all liked it. I bought a couple horror novels to put on my to-read list. Nice. Might start a couple soon. I bought this one. It's like a book of 52 short stories called Loteria. Um, and I bought a book called John Dies at the End, which has, there's a movie. But everything I've heard about that book is also like supposedly, it seems like it's exactly my type of book. Yeah. Very out there. Very Douglas mm-hmm. Adams. Exactly. I'm excited for that too. So I've got I've got things. Oh, I'm um I'm reading. I'm nearly through. Don't fear the reaper. Have you finished that yet? Uh, actually, I'm waiting on a specialty press edition of it because That's I wanted right. to I read it saying. while looking at all the pretty pictures they put in. Mm, mm-hmm. It's good. I like it. I like it. Good. He keeps delivering. You know. Uh, <laughs> so. Obviously, we've shared on the channel before how much we really love horror. I think most of the books that we have recommended at the end of the episodes have been horror novels. Um, this is true. And in fact, in my spare time every October, I do a thing called the Spooktober Challenge, where every day of October, I watch a scary movie. And Carter, I'm not sure if I've ever told you this, but you are one of the reasons why I do that. I do it because when we were all living together in that duplex in Bellingham, that time when we were just watching horror movies every day throughout that entire month that's some of the best times of my life and this is me trying to emulate that as best i can 
Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about that month <laughs> earlier when I was thinking about, what's a good thing to talk about opening the podcast? And I realized I don't think there's a single appropriate story about the movies we watched that month that I could tell on the podcast. <laughs> I can't talk Love. about Blood Glacier. And I can't, there's a movie about witching that I can't even say the title of, and I sure can't tell that story. What we should say, though, is that, so that that month, and I think it was even longer than a month, it might have been, like, all of fall, because we had a huge piece of, like, dirty cardboard. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get a whiteboard, wrote... we just took nope. some cardboard out of the trash and wrote on it with Sharpie. <laughs> we, as a group of, like, five roommates, wrote every horror movie we could think of on it. Like, and then we added more to it as we went, and we, we came up with a set of rules, like, we could miss some, or we all we all got to pick ones that we needed to be there for, and there was, like, there, at least three of us had to be present to cross one off the list, and there was a whole set of expectations and rules surrounding the very first ever Spooktober challenge. <laughs> and I don't think we followed them very well at all. We didn't know because at the end we start we we really started to have to just have them on yeah because there were so many. I one of my highlights of that though was watching all of Stranger Things in a single day. Oh wow, that's a lot. That was a good day. I think that might. I don't even know if that was that year. That might have just been a different different fall. Yeah, I remember watching Stranger Things back at my parents' house after I had mm. left Western. So that definitely must have been, been the it. next year. I've got to stop lip smacking. I lip smack so much when ah, you record, fine. and just in my day to day. No, it's not fine. I'll come through on the on the. I cut <laughs> them all out. You don't hear any of them, but there's like there's a lot of. <laughs> that's all like all I do, and I cut as many of them out as I can for the edit. Oh, you know what? I really have fond memories of when we watched all three of the Evil Dead movies in a single night, like the original that trilogy. Was, oh, I did it again. That was good. That's also when I was really bugging you because you brought up how big the moon was in one shot. I thought it was such nope. a weird nitpick that I kept bringing up anytime the moon was on because screen. because you never un you you guys never <laughs> understood what I actually had what was wrong about that to me. Yeah, here was what was wrong about that. Okay, it I'm wasn't listening. that the moon was big. Okay, imagine a shot of the night sky. Okay, I'm imagining it right now. And then they put the moon on there. It was superimposed, but the glow that the moon was giving off stopped a, f a few, like, you know, inches of screen away from the rest of the night sky. So it was like you could see a boxed outline of the edge of the moon's glow. So you could tell. It wasn't that it was big, okay? I'm waving my arms around right now. No, no, no. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, it, I'm, I'm trying to suspend the bit so I can give you your time. It wasn't that it was big, it was that you could see a square of light where the light turned to darkness as though they had just taken a JPEG of moon and pasted it into the screen, which I'm sure is exactly what they did, but in the remastered versions, like, it looks so jarring. Okay, okay, I'm on board with you now. Yeah, looking at a... <laughs> okay, yeah. From that perspective, the next time I look at it, I'm gonna see, oh yeah, look at that big superimposed Majora's Mask moon in the sky. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you could just you could just see where like where the edge of that cut or where the edge of the photo is just ends. I'm glad we were finally able to come to the table on this one, Carter. <laughs> also, one of the things that I always what I that I never understand, and this by the way, everyone, this happens all the time. 
periodically, and I feel like it only happens to me, but I could be, this could be victim bias. <laughs> we watch movies a lot as a group of friends. A lot, and, every Wednesday, actually. And we make comments about them constantly. Constantly. And especially B-movies and silly, cheesy movies. But periodically, at least like maybe once every other movie, I'll make a comment th- thinking to myself, well, this just goes with the basket of comments that we've been dishing out so far. And then everybody will... Will latch themselves on that like what an idiotic thing I just said. I was like, we're just talking, we're just making fun of a movie, and they're like, well, that's us. That comment goes from just comment to stupid, (laughs) and Carter is stupid, and everything he says is stupid. I remember the most recent one that popped up was during the Chip and Dale movie. Yep, (laughs) yep. Lay it on us. Just get it all out there. Where it was this lizard cop, and he was, like, interrupting a conversation that Chip and Dale were having because he needed to use the coffee machine. And they're like, yeah, fine, okay. And they're kind of, like, walking away and continuing the conversation. And then you you said in the most indignant tone, wait a minute, that cop's not even using the Keurig. (laughs) It was a, um, it was a chronology error, or whatever they call them. (laughs) <laughs> that I was pointing out, um, again, it's not like I was the only <laughs> one talking. Everyone's making comments about this movie, and then I pointed out, like, an error in the cut, in the edit. I was like, he put his coffee cup in the Keurig, and then everything just disappeared from the Keurig. And they were like, oh, Carter hates this movie. <laughs> Which, to be fair... I think I'm the most critical of everyone about movies. I think that's it. I think because uh, I, you have very high standards, you hold the movies to, which we do appreciate, but sometimes it opens the door to some really high quality necky. <laughs> that, that is what it is. Uh, but yes, I, I think I hate the most movies. <laughs> I don't think that's the takeaway. Well, I think, I think it's fine. I'm, I'm 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 proud to have higher standards than the rest of you. <laughs> All right, Siskel and Ebert, what do you got for us today? So I wanted to read a couple titles, and since it's October something when we're recording, depending on if I get this out today or next Sunday, it's definitely Fair. October though. Sure is. Um, I'm gonna read you a few titles, and I want you to pick which one sounds the creepiest Ooh, to you. Okay, so if okay. this episode stinks, it's my fault. <laughs> well, we're gonna read every single one of these stories eventually. They're all gonna they're all gonna be etched into the uh, the the annals of time because of our podcast. Okay, fair. But you just get to decide which one it is today. All right. So, which one? None of these I don't know are necessarily creepy stories, but. You get to pick based on the title, which one sounds the most sinister. Here we go. The first one is called Mr. Vinegar. Ooh. Your second option is called The Old Hag's Long Leather Bag. Oh. And finally, your third option is The Princess Whom Nobody Could Silence. I mean, it's got to be that last one, right? The princess whom nobody could silence. Yeah, sure. A hush fell. No, yeah, I. Yeah, no, no. Doesn't that sound? There's something about that that just hit me full on. I need to know. I'm. Yeah, I'm super worried about this one. Oh, just because. Uh, <laughs> given our given the track record of these stories. Oh God, you're right. I was thinking like <laughs> God. I was thinking like a 
AOC, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, nobody could silence mm. her. But that is definitely not the vibe that this story would default to, given our... Oh, no, what have I done? Yeah, if this story turns out to be like, oh, this uppity young woman no! who's just, like, speaking her mind <laughs> because things aren't very good with her life or something, oh. I don't know. We'll find out. You ready? Yeah, let me get a wooden pencil to bite on, just in case. Okay. <laughs> the Princess Whom Nobody Could Silence by P.C. Absbjornsson. Our old friend. There was once upon a time a king, and he had a daughter who would always have the last word. Uh-oh. She was so perverse and contrary oh, in her no. speech that no one could silence her. Have we read this? No, that doesn't sound familiar. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. It. I mean, it's got some similar things to uh, the story about Boots tricking the princess, but... That's right. This okay, and there is also a guy in this story called Oshbottle. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> so we we might be treading uh, familiar territory here. All right. I'm um, also this sounded really familiar too. So the king therefore promised that he that he who could outwit her should have the princess in marriage and half the kingdom besides. This is the exact same story. Well, no, this, the previous one is, like, get her to, like, think that you're making a fib. This one is, hey, find a way to shut my daughter up. Apparently, kings spent a lot of time just <laughs> sending their daughters off to be won by the first guy that would win a contest that's really designed to humiliate her. This is an interesting tact for kings to take. Do you think when they get, like, worried if they're not going to be able to, like, marry off their daughters they just come up with random contests to make it seem more fun maybe but uh, it's really it's really the ultimate neg right yeah exactly all right so who can outwit my daughter well this isn't even outwit i feel like this is just oh whatever we won't run out of things to critique uh, from a 21st century perspective in this story so keep going There were plenty of those who wanted to try, I can assure you. For it isn't every day that a princess and half a kingdom are to be had. This is true. Yeah. I would say, that has, I've never seen that come up on any, like, telephone pole signs. Buzzfeed articles. Facebook. Like, there's a princess and half a kingdom to be had. I haven't even met a princess. This feels like something Mr. Beast would do. (laughs) He just... I put 50 men in a room with a princess. The first one that would find her glass slipper wins a billion dollars. And half a kingdom besides. I don't know what Mr. B sounds like. I built a whole half a kingdom. <laughs> the gate to the palace hardly ever stood still. The suitors came in swarms and flocks from east and west, both riding and walking. But there was no one who could silence the princess. At last, the king announced that those who tried and did not succeed should be branded on both ears with a with a large iron. Oh, he would not. Okay, if everyone is failing, then why does everyone need the branding mark? He would not have all this running about the palace for nothing. That's what it says next. So I thought he was it was going to be like because I don't want I want to make sure that people aren't like trying a second time. Oh yeah, someone's not coming up who already tried, but they're wearing a fake beard. It's not about that though. Basically, he just wants people who are who really think that they can make it happen. Yeah. You know what? I think the story about Boots already has a leg up on this one because it's not giving any details about the people that failed in this endeavor. It's just like, mm. oh, no one was able to silence her. So is it going to be a thing where they're having a debate and she just keeps whipping them out and being able to like 
beat them at every turn, like intellectually speaking? Or is it a guy coming up and saying, Be quiet! Be quiet! And she says, <laughs> No. And he walks away defeated. And then he gets branded on the ears. <laughs> like, what is it? Show, don't tell. So there were three brothers, because of course there were, who had also heard about the princess, and as they were rather badly off at home, they thought they would try their luck and see if they could win the princess and half the kingdom. And their names were Moccasins, Sandals, and... Well, you, and Oshpottle. And Oshpottle. <laughs> I <laughs> no one's right, called Oshpottle. I forgot about Oshpottle. They were good friends, and so they agreed to set out together. When they had got a bit on the way, Oshpottle found a dead magpie. Oh no. I have found something. I found something, cried he. What have you found? asked the brothers. I have found a dead magpie, said he. Fa! Throw it away. <laughs> what can you do with that? More said the details other two. put into this kid finding a dead animal than was oh. to the greatest challenge in the kingdom to outwit the princess. I don't know if this magpie's gonna come up again, but this feels like a note I would give one of my uh, fifth grade writers. Like, I feel like you're really going off track when you talk about finding the dead magpie <laughs> on the way to see if you can make the princess be quiet. Is this just a thing that you found the other day and you really want to spend more time talking about the dead magpie? Exactly. Throw away said the other two who always believed they were the wisest. Oh, I've nothing else to do. I can easily carry it, said Oshpal. Hmm? I'll just put it in my pocket. I got it. I got room. There's nothing else in my pockets, because we have very little. Okay, Oshpottle, go ahead. Yeah, just, I guess, keep it. When they had gone on a bit farther, Oshpottle found an old willow twig, which he picked up. I found something! I found something! He cried. What have you found now? said the brothers. I have found a willow twig, said he. Pooh! Now this is actually spelled P-O-O-H, like the bear. Like the bear. Pooh! What are you going to do with that? Throw it away. Yes, Piglet. <laughs> I will send you that stick for a smackerel of honey. <laughs> oh, 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 bother. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. I could not get the princess to be quiet. Oh, okay, so Oshbottle oh, is poo. Ears. Now we've obviously got Piglet and his two brothers are Piglet and Eeyore. Yeah. Definitely. Poo. <laughs> <laughs> What are you gonna do with that? <laughs> Throw it away. Said the two. Wow, Carter. To do. That's a, such a good Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta try. Well, I don't have any other good Winnie the Pooh voices in me, so I'll try my best here. I have nothing else to do. I can easily carry it with me. That was my best Winnie the Pooh. It's, it's terrible. It's not bad. Said Oshpottle. The Pooh. Oshpottle. Pooh. <laughs> when they had gone still it with the dead bird in it <laughs> so he's got a dead bird and a stick in his inventory <laughs> and he's over encumbered <laughs> when they had gone still farther he found a broken saucer which he also here he also picked up here lads i have found something i found something said he well what have you found now? Asked the brothers. A broken saucer, said he. Pshaw, it is worthwhile dragging that along with you too. Throw it away, said the brothers. Oh, I've nothing else to do. I can easily carry it with me, said Oshpottle the Pooh. When they had gone a little bit farther, he found a crooked goat horn, and soon after he found the fellow to it. 
All right, Carter. Oh, man, this is getting... No. <laughs> Before we go any farther, I want to hear your predictions about how a dead bird, a stick, a saucer, and two goat's horns is possibly going to help this kid woo the princess and make her I... be quiet. Okay, here... <laughs> here is my... I've not read this, but here is my totally genuine prediction. All right, um, let me hear your Rube Goldberg machine. He's going to create something of a scarecrow. He's going to try to convince the princess that it's real. She's going to talk to it until she gets tired because it never fall it like never gets tired of her. So he's going to try to have her wear herself out talking to a scarecrow made of a saucer, two goat horns, a dead bird and a twig and whatever else she finds. What do you think's gonna happen? Well, Carter, your idea has left me speechless, so maybe that is the solution to making the princess be quiet. I'm really excited about that. I think <laughs> that's I think that's legitimately what's gonna happen. You know what? Anything else will disappoint me. Please continue. <laughs> well, let's see if because uh, right, like the twig, arms, goat horns, ears. You got this. The magpie face, the face of it. I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. I found something, lads. What have you found now? Two goat horns. Ugh, throw them away. <laughs> what are you going to do with them? <laughs> well, I've got nothing else to do. I can easily carry them with me, Sadash Puddle. In a little while, they found a wedge. All right, Carter, take your time. <laughs> I know you're really excited to see your scarecrow come to life, but there's no reason to rush things. Oh, yeah, this story's not that long, actually. He found a wedge. I say, lads. I found something. I found something, he cried. You are everlastingly finding something. <laughs> what have you found now? Asked the two eldest. I found a wedge. Oh, throw it away. <laughs> what are you gonna do with it? I've got nothing else to do. I can easily carry it with me, said Oshpottle. As he went along the king's fields, which had been freshly manured, he stooped down and took up an old boot sole. Hello, lads. I found something. I found something, said he. Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try switching to piglet. Ready? Okay. Heaven grant that you may have a little sense before you get to the palace. What is it that you have found now? <laughs> Why, an old boot sole. <laughs> is that anything worth picking up? Throw it away. What are you gonna do with it? Said the brothers. Oh, I have nothing else to do. I can easily carry it with me. And who knows? It may help me win the princess in half the kingdom. Right, so finally he's like, the wheels are turning here. Yeah, finally he's put something together aside from just being a general pack rat and picking up every <laughs> loose item on his path. Yes, you look, uh, you look like a likely one, don't you? Said the other two. So they went into the princess. The eldest first. Good day. Oh wait, let's, let's make the, the eldest will be Eeyore. Good day, said he. Good day to you answered she with a shrug it's terribly hot in here said he it's hotter in the fire said the princess the branding iron was lying waiting in the fire she's <laughs> not wrong but also not right you know when he saw this he was struck speechless and so it was all over with him yeah that's fair i don't know how i'd respond to that the second brother fared no better good day said he. Good day to you, she said with a wriggle. It's, it's terribly hot in here, said he. It's hotter in the fire, said she. 
With that, he lost both speech and wits, and so the iron had to be brought out. Didn't even say anything new? Nope. What if <laughs> everyone... didn't get to see each other's turns. <laughs> what if everyone in the kingdom just did the exact same thing, and she's been saying it's hotter in the fire 15 times a day for the past two months? Yeah, that's what's driving the king so crazy. <laughs> How are you today, daughter? It's hotter in the fire, dad. <laughs> you, you can't just say that over and over again. Okay, something... You okay? Hotter in the fire. <laughs> she's just... She's just... She's it up. Yeah. It's hotter in the fire as her it is what it is. <laughs> then came Oshpaddle's turn. Good day, said he. Good day to you, she said with a shrug and a wriggle. It's very nice and warm in here, said Oshpaddle. It's warmer in the fire, she answered. She was in no better humor now that she saw the third suitor. And Oshpottle said, Ha ha, yeah, that's right. Hey, look at my dead bird. <laughs> You're not wrong. Oshpottle <laughs> says, Then there's a chance for me to roast my magpie on it. Gah! Said he, bringing it out. I'm afraid it will sputter, said the princess. No fear of that. I'll tie the willow twig round it, said the lad. You can't tie it tight enough, said she. Then I'll drive in a wedge, said the lad, and brought out the wedge. The fat's going to be running off it, said the princess. Then I'll hold this under it, said the lad, and showed her the broken saucer. <laughs> you are so crooked in your speech, said the princess. No, I am not crooked, answered the lad, but this is crooked. And he brought out one of the goat horns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It gets better. Well, I've never seen the like, cried the princess. Here you see the like, said he, and brought out the other horn. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first bit of interesting, like, wordplay we've ever seen from this book. It caught me so off guard. I know, like, right? There, there's puns happening. Puns are happening. Oh, and get ready for another one. It seems you have come here to wear out my soul, she said. Oh! <laughs> oh! And then, of course, then Oshpaddle, like, bit down on his knuckles. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm about to end this princess's whole career. Oh! No, I have not come here to wear out your soul, for I have one here which is already worn out. <laughs> Answered the lad and brought out the old boot sole. The princess was so dumbfounded at this that she was completely silenced. <laughs> now you are mine, said Oshpaddle, and so he got her and oh, half the kingdom like into that. the bargain. The end. <laughs> Man. Hmm. Well, they can't all be winners, folks. No, they really can't. Like, the wordplay... Okay, the wordplay at the end did catch us off guard, and I think it's funny, but the genuine... Genuine? The general setup for all of that doesn't really work. It's just a kid gathering random things, and there's no way to say that this will actually help him. It's definitely nothing about preparedness. In the end, it's just some kid who's especially glib and able to make jokes off the top of his hands. Yeah. So quick, quick-witted people are oft rewarded in old fairy tales. Yeah, I think that's basically it. Nothing deeper to find there. Yeah. Va you know, there's value in a quick wit. And that's important. Also, I think, you know, pick up, hey, pick up litter. Yeah. 
Adopt a highway. Don't pollute. Give a hoot. Um, don't walk on train tracks. Yeah. Get out of here. There are, I don't know what's going on in the, in the, in, in the big wide world, but there are a ton of billboards around Seattle that have taken a huge don't walk on the train track stance. <laughs> and I, I, I hope that that's just sort of come up in the general rotation of PSAs and there's not been some horrible uptake. I mean, I think by now everyone knows that you shouldn't smoke. I think now all the people who make their livings off of, like, reminding everyone and especially reminding kids what to do just need to, to uh, diversify their portfolios a little bit. You know you know what it also might be, and this is occurring to me just now, is how many train tracks do you come across where you have this exact thought? You think to yourself, but is this a real train track? You know what I'm saying? There are train tracks all over Seattle that are no longer actual train tracks. Like, trains don't go on these tracks. Mm, Okay, that's a very Seattle-specific thing, because I don't really come across train tracks in my day-to-day anymore. Like, I know which tracks have trains. Yeah. And then there are others. Sometimes I get... So, like, you know when you go to Gavin and Sabrina's house? Oh, yeah. And you have to cross that train track? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Every single time, I think to myself... Trains don't go on this track. I've never seen trains on the track, but I've also never asked Gavin or Sabrina or Calcifer. Yeah, I wonder. Or Zebedee. I wonder if tra- do trains go on that track or Zebedee? Well, I wouldn't ask Zebedee. Like, she's it, she's yeah. one year old. She wouldn't know. She hasn't really talking yet. Although I bet if there were trains, she'd be over the moon about them. Oh yeah, she seems like someone who'd be big into trains. Doesn't love a train track when you're that age. Not a train track. The trains. Sorry, <laughs> man, train tracks are probably pretty boring. Man, I love our kid. I I love our god kids ZBD so much. There were kids in my K eight like middle school where yeah, that's um, usually where you find them. If we went <laughs> to <laughs> to a specific park, they had a hobby. A hobby. They, there was a park activity where uh, they would go and put pennies on the train track rail, and then a train would come by flatten the penny and then you'd have to you'd try to find the penny next to the train tracks and then you'd have a flattened train penny mm. and that's just something you'd have from then on that sounds like something from the 80s not something from our time period you know doesn't it feel like super stephen king's like the body very like <laughs> yeah. yeah 80s kids being like ah uh, those those were the days right before we had the horrifying accident <laughs> before the horror changed began. us forever yeah the good memories. <laughs> yeah, the only train tracks that I was super intimate with are the ones that were in um, Bellingham, because I would run along like those tracks, because that's where the trail was. But those tracks, I knew, were very regularly occupied, because, you know, you live in Nash Hall, you're going to hear that train whistle going by at least once a day. That train. That is a reliable train. Mm-hmm. Something else is... <clears throat> Oshpottle found a lot of very interesting, I'd say, debris. Yeah. He found an old boot sole. You know, if if we tried this, right? Like, so let's say um, Mr. Beast is giving away half a kingdom and a princess. And I'm not... <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want to talk about how screwed up that is. But yeah. let's say we're, we're, on, we're, we're on the way. Yeah. We're walking. And by the time I, we know, get it, there, we have in our collective pouches... A handful of cigarette butts, 
<laughs> half a jewel, a discarded can of monster. Yeah, it's really it's monster cans and like Doritos bags. Yeah, that'll be what we we've got. Man, we don't have cool garbage these days, <laughs> right? We're not gonna find two goat horns. Are you kidding me? I wish we would did. It's so I cool. know. The story bums me out. I'm not going to find a goat horn in the wild. Carter, what are you reading right now? It's pretty warm in here. <laughs> Could you mind if I... Uh, it's warmer uh, in the fire. Cook this Cook this dead bird. <laughs> I don't know how old it is, but... I'm just going to uh, give that a little roast. Yeah. The, a little spit roast. These days, if you said you're going to cook a bird in someone's fireplace, they would just get out their phones and record it for TikTok. Oh, this is so true. And ain't that just the age we live in? I'd like know? I'd like to pull the ripcord on this particular joke. Yeah, we try very hard as educators not to be hip, but at least to not be critical of what is hip. Yeah, and I and and essentially condone condone behaviors and popular activities of youth, ba- just based strictly on comparing them to the behaviors and activities that we were doing when we were a kid. Yeah. Like, it's very tempting, I will say, from time to time, to be like, why don't they just go outside? (laughs) (laughs) Why aren't they going outside? Remember, we used to go outside. We used to play Monster Hunter in the backyard. Now they play Monster (laughs) Hunter on their PSPs. They don't go, they don't, they're never, they're never just in the theater of the mind, having (laughs) imagination days outside in the woods. No cell phone. <laughs> Back in my Nova days, for home ec, they'd send us into the woods with a bag full of mushrooms and tell us good luck. And they'd say, if you don't come back with at least 13 poems, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> fail <laughs> home ec 101. I, I feel like that's the first time you've genuinely met me halfway on my Nova isn't real joke. Well, I was trying to bring it closer to how real Nova would have been, because here's here's what you could have done. You could have said you're not that far you're not that far away. If um if I I could have told, genuinely, I could have told a teacher any pick a teacher probably like who would have been like a survivalist teacher. I'm trying to think Adam probably. So like I go up to Adam and I'd say Adam, this summer I'm gonna spend two weeks in the woods. Okay, I'm gonna live off the land. I'm gonna write about my experience. I'm gonna do a bunch of research beforehand. I'll even write you a paper. Then I'm gonna go live in the woods. Then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna write a reflection. How much credit will that be worth? And then Adam and I would would work up a contract to get legitimate high school credit for the two weeks I lived in the woods. (laughs) And I could make it language arts credit if I wrote the 13 poems. But I didn't need language arts credit because I got tons of that. I had more language arts credit than any other type. I don't doubt it. I said it before on the podcast. I'll say it again. I'm pretty (laughs) sure at the root of all the Nova jokes is just a deep sense of burning jealousy for you and Gavin and Nick for having the Nova experience. Fun school. Shout out, by the way. If, If at some point any of you old teachers, and by old I just mean that you used to teach me. Not that you're old. Because every Nova teacher's young at heart. Uh, Good if any of you term. somehow learn about my podcast and uh, hear my voice, I love and appreciate each and every one of you and everything you've taught me. The book I want to recommend, let's see, I kind of want to recommend a scary book, even though we do that all the time, regardless of what <laughs> month it is. <laughs> That's true. We did one just last time we recorded. Oh, look back. I'm going to recommend a book 
called The Eyes of the Dragon by Stephen King. Ooh. Now, Stephen King does not need recommendations from me. He truly doesn't. He may be the author that people remember from this century more than any other. You, uh, you can't in walk into any bookstore, whether new, used, or otherwise, without King having an entire shelf. Or multiple shelves, even. Mm-hmm. And what The Eyes of the Dragon does really well is that it tells a very contained fantasy story and doesn't have to go over a, a multitude of books in the series. It's a self-contained fantasy story. It's not even that long as far as, like, Stephen King novels go. And it's it's about two brothers, one very jealous of the first, who is a relatively competent person who is in line for the throne. There is a conspiracy led by the, the, the court's sort of alchemist magician to um, to murder the king and you have the younger sibling usurp the throne. And then it's the harrowing tale of how the the older prince figures out a way to clear his name and kind of see see, see if he can't regain control. And what the, the really Stephen Kingy parts come out in the description of the poison that's used to uh, kill the king, Ooh. which is not a spoiler because you know it's it's like in the beginning of Dune, like you know right. it's coming. Yeah. Um, it's just like it's both wildly imaginative. It's called Dragon Sand, and it's this crazy, crazy thing that he spends like chapters describing how it works, how it has to be handled, what happens to you. The, the magician deals with like trying to figure out how to blame it on the older son and also the plan that the prince concocts is straight out of like another stephen king story like the shawshank redemption it's it's as insane as andy dufresne getting out of shawshank mm-hmm. it's so good and it's all wrapped up in this in this fantasy world really good book really solid read Stephen King just doing high fantasy and then just going in and out. Being like, I wrote a high fantasy story. Okay, bye. Not many authors can write both an entire sprawling high fantasy series and also, at the same time, write a one-and-done fantasy. But if any author would, I'm not surprised that it's King. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. Great book, I'd say. That's my book recommendation. Cool. The Eyes of the Dragon by Stephen King. This is Audible. This is Audible. I love that guy. <laughs> I wonder, whatever is, what, what, what do you think his name is? Uh, do you know it? It wasn't like a guess what his name is. That was really, really me just trying to ask, do you know what his name is? I don't. Who we, is you know what? the, next, this is Next time we record, next time we Audible. record, we need to know. I'm already Googling it. Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program. Yep. His name is Rick Lewis. Rick Lewis. What a good name. I, I googled who is the This Is Audible guy. Who is the... Good banter. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, Carter and I recently got news that Google Podcasts is apparently going to be shut down at some point in the near future. Oh, yeah. And incorporated into YouTube Music. So... Uh, just know we're gonna keep experimenting with different places to publish and you'll be the first to know when we've got a new one. Oh, and if you want a ton of horror movie recommendations you need to follow the spooktober challenge 
Thank Have you, I got Carter. that right? On Instagram? On Instagram and on Facebook. I believe the full name on Facebook is the Spooktober Challenge with Riley and his Spooky Squad. That's right. And you're not going to get 30 insanely good horror movie recommendations. What you're going to get is... is 31 of them. 31 <laughs> genuine uh, reviews and critiques of 30, 30 horror either shows or movies that Riley has watched, um, and he will tell you if they are worth watching or if you can just leave them alone. It's like having a curated batch of horror uh, horror content every month, every October, delivered straight to your phone. Thank you, Carter. That's the greatest pitch I've ever gotten for the project. <laughs> this is the it's eight- fun stuff. This is the eighth year, and the tagline this year is Dead Time Stories. <laughs> My... My favorite thing to do when I read them, and I'll give you, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit something to you, oh. is uh, I will, I normally read start to finish your reviews. If it's a movie I really like, I will skip your list of cons. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to know. Carter, I don't want to engage with criticism. Come on, we should have a conversation. <laughs> I listen, I want to get. Listen, one of these days, I want to get onto the guys' chat on Wednesday, and you open with, "Hey, Riley, I've got a bone to pick with what you said about Jaws last year." I, I don't know even. I don't know what you said bad about Jaws because I didn't. I don't know what I said either. Because <laughs> that movie, I think, is flawless. If anything, okay. Anytime a pet has ever died in a movie in the Spooktober Challenge, that has made it to the bad list. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan and I joke that we should make a memorial wall somewhere in the apartment full of just screenshots of the animals before they got got in the movies. It's a sad wall. It is a sad wall, but someone needs to know that I'll never forget them. Speaking of, if you want a good horror movie recommendation, watch The Conjuring. Yeah. That's great, great scary. Conjuring slaps. It's a great movie. And The Conjuring 2 is also good. I haven't seen the third one. I like it. Have you it. seen the third one? I have. You like the third one? I did. Good. That's on our list, too. We're, th- we're thinking we're probably going to watch Conjuring 2 tonight. Nice. You should, so uh, you should see what I wrote about it afterward. Coward. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I know I know one of your pros. Yeah? I, I definitely. Because there's no way you didn't write about when Patrick Wilson gets up and does his great, <laughs> does his great number. Uh, you know what? Every single Conjuring movie I've written about, I've definitely mentioned how much Patrick Wilson just seals the deal every single time. Totally. That guy... Well, I, I, know we, I know we're wrapping up, but I just want to say, <laughs> when, when great actors give it their all in a horror movie, I have so much respect for them. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes, sometimes you see like a really popular actor in a horror movie and they know that it's like horror, so they phone it in because it's genre. Yeah. And when they really just give it their all and they take it so seriously, it's just like mad respect. Horror has fought for years to be seen as a viable genre. I definitely think that it's in a bit of a resurgence right now, but for some reason that's an ongoing fight. We are in, we are definitely in a, um, horror renaissance right now and i couldn't be happier about it yeah it's like we're doing the 80s again and this time we're here for it oh yeah what was that really good one we watched on netflix last year the the, like the three-part fear street oh yeah fear street that was a that was i think two years ago actually but yeah we there should be more of those soon 
Oh, is they're continuing that? They said they wanted to, and they definitely left the door open at the end of part three because, like, somebody, it didn't show who, was picking up the uh, the spooky witch book. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Well, if you want, it, that's another good little series. And it was three movies released back to back to back called Fear Street. Something, some, like, with dates, I think it is. Yeah. Like, the year that the movie takes place during. All right, we got to save some of this for other October episodes of the podcast. You're right. None of this is funny. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> this is the Fable Fellas. <laughs> Fable Fellas hopes you have enjoyed this program. I've been Carter. I'm still Riley. Keep it vidy.